Ready to roll, ready to roll, ready to roll. Only Stu Podcast, episode 50, half a century with me, your source, Stu Finer, and Alex Finer, and we're ready to roll, ready to roll, ready to roll. Alex, college football, it's fucking over! Finally over, and we end hitting the parlay with Wave the Rating Game of the Year, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan Wolverines. Congratulations, Dave Portnoy. Congratulations, Big Ten. Congratulations, John Harbaugh. Congratulations, Mr. Harbaugh. Congratulations, Jim Harbaugh. Congratulations to the world. Now, which one is the coach for Michigan right there? Jim. Okay. Now, first of all, the hug that John came to the sidelines and gave his brother was extremely touching. I got a Woody. I knew at that point the game was fucking over. I knew at that point it was a rout, a burial, a blowout, a pummel. I knew at that point when they panned to Jim's mommy, Jim's daddy, all the move, all the Wolverine fans, that again, it was men against boys. What is it? Pac-10 or Pac-12? 12. Okay. That's no longer exist anyway. But the Pac-12 became a fucking joke, became a fucking farce, as it is in football, as it is in life. SEC, Big Ten. That's it. There is no other conferences really in college football. SEC, Big Ten. Now, you can have these Pac-12 frauds look great, look good. Oregon played great, and they epically failed against Washington. Washington kicked fucking ass all fucking year undefeated coming in but again in this scenario Pac-12 Big Ten Alex the way I looked at it men against boys Washington played obviously over their head against Texas or maybe Texas really doesn't even have fucking defense but that game Michigan dominated so decisively in that first quarter that after the first quarter, yeah, it got a little dicey. Yeah, it should have been much bigger. But when you run the ball for 178 yards in the first fucking quarter, when it's 17 to 3 in the first fucking quarter, when it feels like that game is 100 to 3 in the first fucking quarter, there was no way in hell at all, ever, 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 Washington was really going to be able to win that game. And Michael... Penix Jr. Did I get his name right? Yep. Six-year starter. And I think when I was watching the telecast, there was nine six-year starters on Washington. Nine of them. Think about that. Nine. That'll never happen ever, ever. Well, obviously with the transfer portal, forget about that. There's not going to even be one-year starters anymore, probably. They're just going to bounce. More money. More money, more money. But anyway. Well, no, I, I don't think that Michael Penick Jr. played at Indiana. When they say six-year starter, Oh, he think... played. Oh, okay. So he played six years in college football. Yeah. Okay. But. That will happen, by the way. It's more likely now with the NIL because now you can make oh, more Oh, 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 yes. But they won't be. I think he had. So I don't know how many of those nine played all six years on Washington. Yeah. Don't well, know. Penix okay. wasn't one of them. Oh, so okay. I'm just gotcha. Him. Well, sad to say, Michael Penix Jr., the prior week looked like God. Absolutely 
look like the best college football quarterback maybe ever in the fucking world. One second, two seconds, get rid of the ball. Puts it through a circle, a four-inch window, in between three people, in between two defenders and the sideline. He was phenomenal. This game, epic fail, epic choke. I'm sure if you asked him, he would put it on his fucking shoulders that he sucked, and he sucked dick. And Alex, I'll tell you right now, I am so happy he sucked dick because I would not want to see the A++ Michael Penix Jr. Because he had people open all fucking day. He had receivers. He had running backs. He had lanes to run. It just seemed that whatever he did was the wrong decision. He was either rushed by the Michigan onslaught of all their pass rushes that they could bring in for. Take out four, bring in another fresh four. Take out four, bring in two new DNs. And it was just too much. It was overwhelming. He never got in rhythm at all. And for me, the Super Bowl and the college football championship are the two most important games of the entire fucking year. Because everybody is betting their absolute ball sack on the college football championship. Everybody saw I total parlay and then I don't do props, but people prop out their balls and the mentality, although I tell everyone to be responsible, like a lot of my 2,000, 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000, half a million, million dollar players, the big players, pay, players that paid me for the entire year, that have paid me for 44 years, that paid me specifically a thousand bucks for last night. They bet way over their heads. They were looking to get out for the year if they were down, if they were even, they were going to look to make a decision and they were up, they were looking to double their profits. So that game is beyond critical physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and financially, Alex, as we know. And then also, if you lose that championship game, you cannot get over the devastation and the malaise until the following year. Literally, can't come back. Like if you lose a Super Bowl, can't come back. There's no NFL until six months later. There's no college football until six months later. So mentally, mentally, financially, that college football championship, me hitting Michigan and the under and the parley for your balls, for your ball sack, wave the rating game of the year was life or death. Life or death, life or death. So I just want to say, thank God. Thank you to the gambling gods. Thank you to the Michigan Wolverines. Thank you to Big Ten that I am on cloud nine right now. All my customers texting me, customers throughout the world texting me, people who haven't paid me or bet with me all year, years in advance, a couple of weeks in advance are saying, Stu, thank you. Stu, I went for my dick. Stu, I went for my balls. Stu, I lung this game. Stu, I made the biggest bet of my life, biggest bet of my life, biggest bet of my life, biggest bet of my life. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. So today, I'm in the king's chair. I'm in the captain's chair. My dick is 10 inches hard as steel. It would be kryptonite if I was fucking Superman. It is the greatest feeling in the world.
How you doing, Alex? How's everything? Half a century podcast under our belt right now. Number 50. It's been an honor to be with you, son. I love you, son. How are you feeling, A, about the new year, B, about Washington, who was one of your top-tier teams all year, made a ton of money with Washington, besides the two games against Oregon. I think we won every game Washington played almost. What's your feelings? I didn't make any money on Washington. They destroyed me all year, so it was nice to see them fail. I I don't think that, uh, first of all, 50. That's a, that's a good number, solid round number. That's that's big fi- big five zero. Big five zero. We got fifty under our belts. It's a body count. It's not my. You know that's a good that's a good year for me for a body count in the eighties and the nineties. Not lately, but it's been there. I've done it. But yes, fifty's big. So yeah, I I watched that game. That game was horrible. Viewing experience it was terrible. It was almost shocking how easy it was for the Michigan to run the ball, which they knew they were going to do. But I would say that if Washington knew that they couldn't stop a nosebleed, because you, you that's not just one of those games where you're surprised by the fact that you can't touch a, a running back. It wasn't tackle a running back. There was plays, the first Edwards touchdown, he runs into his O-lineman, okay? His head is literally down. He is running through a hole that he hopes will be open. That's what it looked like, because you don't run into your O-lineman and bounce out unless you're not looking up. So we're talking about a running back here who is literally like robotically going through the motions, runs into his O-lineman, bounces off, hits a hole on the left side, and goes untouched for 40-something yards into the end zone. So that was the first touchdown of the game, if I'm not mistaken. And it, it looked too easy because it was too easy, okay? But my problem with this is, If you're Washington, that first drive set the tone of the game. That first drive showed that they could not stop the run. Like, if you literally were going into this game, which everyone was, it was the fact that you had Michael Penix Jr., who is looking like the best quarterback you've ever seen play college football in the last few weeks, hitting every pass, putting passes into keyholes, I mean, like, you couldn't ball place better than what he did versus Texas. So those are the two. It's just who was going to win. So if that's how you wanted to start the game, and you know you can't stop the run, I have no idea why you defer. Because the only chance that they could have had to win that game was to knock them in the face first, score a touchdown, go up 7-0, and hopefully they would separate from their game plan of just bully football, run it down their throat. So... I was confused at the fact that, I mean, listen, but the, the fact that they deferred, I just thought, you know, maybe they they know something I don't. They knew something that you didn't know, correct. But they didn't no, because they, no. they couldn't stop. I mean, I, I honestly believe I could run through some of those holes, okay, because there was nobody there, untouched. I mean, the he the, you know, the, the running backs make mistakes and still scored touchdowns. Like that first, that first touchdown, he literally ran into his O-lineman, his head was down, didn't see the hole, somehow bounced off the lineman, then hit a hole that was just wide open on the left and literally just walked into the end zone. Back-to-back 40-yard touchdowns, first time in the history it's ever happened. So, I, I mean, like, I, so I'm confused at the fact that they won the coin toss, should have just taken the ball. Like, that's the only way you win that game, okay? And then, you know, uh, insult to injury, Michigan again 
Went up 14-3 in the first quarter, kicked the field goal at the beginning of the second quarter. So it was basically 17 points in the first quarter. If you want to, you know, it was 17-3 in the first, you know, quarter of the game. All right. Now, the game is basically over. Okay, because they've they've established the fact that you you have no answer for our run game. We have 170 plus yards on the ground. There's nothing you could do to stop us. So let's let's uh let's stop doing it. Like Michigan has this problem. They did it versus Bama, where basically things are working, things are going good. Let's 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 start doing stupid shit. Cute okay? shit, as you say. It's they try to get too cute for no reason. And I don't know if that's like an ego thing. I don't know who's calling these plays. I don't know if this is a Harbaugh thing where he's just like, I'm smarter than everyone. Let's try some. Like, you have 170 yards on the ground. They could have ran for 500. Like, if they just ran the ball every single play from the start, I mean, they, they probably score a touchdown every single drive. There literally was no answer. The only answer was because they tried to get cute. They brought in that kid, Orgy, again. Not only like they brought him in in a second and two scenario where like he still picked up the first down, but like you could have picked up the first down doing whatever you wanted, which is just hand the ball off, like however you wanted to get it. So like, it's not the fact that it didn't work. It's just like, I I don't, I don't really understand if it's not broke, don't fix it. Especially in a championship game, they tried to get cute and they let Washington back in the game. I mean, it was 17, 10 at half. And if Penix didn't throw that pick, I mean, and goes down the field, that could have been like, there is no scenario after watching that first quarter, if you have a brain that that ever should have been a, a chance to be fucking tied. Like we're, we're pulling for Michigan and we're rooting for Michigan. But if you were a Michigan fan, if you're a diehard fan, there's no way in God's name, that game should have ever been a sweat. Like it was such a dominant performance in the first quarter that it, the fact that that game could have been tied at any given moment in that third quarter is just it's blasphemous like it just doesn't make sense almost read like the Alabama game first half of the Alabama game was like a fucking burial they should have been up big and they were not no 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 Alabama game no 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 totally different well, the they, first play they, of the Alabama game but they, do, they, no, they dominated no, no, no. the first they the, dominated no, the line of scrimmage no, in the first half no no Michigan the, did. the first play of the Alabama game JJ McCarthy made the worst decision ever to oh, throw that ball no no oh, he, he threw a pick oh, he, threw he was pick. just lucky that the guy's foot before he threw the pick oh, was out was of out bounds, bounds. Right. he didn't reestablish it wasn't a pick if he threw that pick Bama could have won by 40 so it's just it, it like it it's it doesn't make sense. You have a guy, you have three running backs that are just studs, just better than everyone else. You have an O line that creates holes that you only see in fucking you know gangbang pornos. Like these these holes are so wide open and they're so much better. Like Washington never stood a chance. So I don't understand how they went out there, won the coin toss, deferred knowing that they were just going to get fucking pummeled first drive. Like, it, I guess they were hoping that Michigan didn't run the ball. Like, we know they're going to run the ball. Maybe they try to get cute. I, like, I, I don't have an answer because it was so, like, they were bigger, faster, stronger on the, the O-line. The D-line literally never had a shot. J.J. McCarthy didn't, like, I look at this game where the better quarterback 
which was Michael Penix Jr. Because J.J. McCarthy, he made some throws, but I think he ended the game like he was 10 for 18. He, like, he ran didn't do like, anything. He ran like a king. No, no, no. A couple he, of key running plays. He, that, runs, he runs vertical like a motherfucker. So there was a point in that game where it was 17, uh, 10? Yeah. I don't know if it was 17-10 when he picked up that third down in his own uh, goal line, but it was like a third and 13, third and – it was third and over 10. And he ran forever. And he picked up the first down. That, that was the best play of the game. And that's best probably game. That probably sealed it up, best okay, because all the momentum would have been in Washington's favor. Uh, Very shifty. Deceivingly shifty. When no, no, but, but it's – I don't even look at it like it was a great play. Like, they couldn't stop the run. All you had to do was run. Like, so it is a great play on JJ's part, but they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Mm. So I don't know if it's more of it was a great play by him or just An Washington is. Washington no, team. their, their yeah. defense literally is that bad against the run. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I look at it like I watched Michael Penix Jr. versus the Texas game. He made every throw, and I'm not talking about making throws where your receivers have a chance to catch the ball. He hit people in the chest. You could place your hands out there, and he would have hit them in the hands. You don't even have to catch it. You could just put put your hands out there. The ball would have been placed in there. And then he goes from that to this, which is like, it's not like he took big hits in the Texas game and got injured. I don't know where, you know, he was holding his ribs at the end of the game, but it wasn't even like Michigan got, you know, sacked him 15 times. No, I think they ended him with, once, they sacked said. him once. And that the sack that, he he got sacked on a play where the the Michigan D lineman blew up the kid from the O line and he saw it the whole time. Okay, in Texas he would have like rolled out right, rolled out left, throw the ball away. He watched it the whole time and somehow still got sacked. That's when I knew he didn't he, he didn't have it. It's not didn't have it. It's it's just I've never seen a quarterback go from looking like he did in Texas to looking like he did versus Michigan, and it's not like the D line destroyed the O-line. I feel like the O-line did a insane job holding up. Like, I, I know people are going to talk about how he was pressured. It was just, uh, you know, Michigan's D this, Michigan's D that. Listen, uh, the receivers were more wide open in that Michigan game than they ever were in Texas. He literally just overthrew multiple receivers, like five foot over their head balls. The throws he made, there was Odunze on the right side. He underthrew him. Or he overthrew him once, but even when he was wide open, he barely made it, and Odunze had to make an insane catch. I don't know. Do you think he choked? No, no, no. Choke doesn't begin to describe what that was. But, I mean, do you I've, think it was nerves that he just couldn't calm himself down, settle himself in the moment? The moment was bigger than he was in that moment? There's no answer to that. Like, it wasn't like a, 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 a jitters, nerves, where he was just like, I he... His game literally just vanished. The only thing I could think of is like in Space Jam when they took the powers away from Barkley and <laughs> the people and they literally just couldn't play the game. Like that's what it looked like. He looked like he lost everything that made him great. All right. So Caleb Williams is a human. Lock. No, no, no. Caleb Williams he's is a, number one. No, no, he's no. number one. He was a lock before this. Jaden Daniels. Is Drake May number two? It's it's right now. It's Caleb Williams. Jaden Daniels, Drake May. I guess you could go interchangeable with the two, three. There's no way you're not. To, I, you have to take. Caleb now Daniels Williams. is the uh, Heisman Trophy winner from LSU, right? Correct. Okay, but so, but in other words, so now, how far does well, Michael Penix well, no, Jr. He, drop? He was he, on the Mel Kiper he board. Was six, he right? was five or six. I right. don't know if Bo Nix was above him, 
but they were around five, six respectively. I think he had a chance. Like if he had a, a game like Texas versus Michigan, if he won the national championship and he was the reason he got the MVP, he could have gone one. He could. No, I don't know if he would have jumped. Caleb, he could have been a top three quarterback. Top three. Correct. Now he's not. Now he's not because his age comes into factor, his injury history, and the fact that he looked ACLs, right? He looked inept yeah. versus fucking Michigan. I mean, I, he did not play like the moment I, looked listen, too big look, for him. If moment you looked too big, if you did not watch Washington football because you just don't watch Pac-12 because you're on the East Coast and it's late game and they're really not on TV unless you're looking for it. If you never watched a Michael Penix Jr. game, you would have thought people were fucking crazy for the last week. Because you're like, what is this kid? Like, why they, they were t- blowing? They him. were talking about him like he was Jesus. Because they were if, saluting him. If you go rewatch that Texas game, he was Jesus. He was. He made every throw, and I'm not saying making throws. I mean, I I don't remember seeing people make those throws like that to it that was extent. A pro football quarterback making those throws. He, no, um, I he was better than half of the pro quarterbacks he made right now. Seven or eight, scale of one to ten, ten the highest difficulty, seven or t- seven ten throws perfect all right so so i would i i don't know i'm just i'm I'm shocked fuck Uh, washington washington fuck you uh suck my dick i just wish michigan 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 i wish we could have got a competitive game because even though the score was close at points i don't want the game was never close i want a route i want it has it but it wasn't even like it wasn't even like Michigan was clicking on all cylinders. It was just they they had a better run game. Washington couldn't stop the run. It was uh, they punched him in the mouth early, and even though it got close, it was like a fraudulent close. I don't know. It, the game was weird. I don't think it was a good viewing experience unless you're you know if you're a Michigan fan that was amazing. Okay, congratulations. Which, which I am, and we are. I'm not really a Michigan fan. Oh well, but, I, well, I mean, last, I don't. Last I was against of Alabama. Cha ching! I was last night. Cha ching! Correct. If we have money Jim on Harbaugh, them, Harbaugh, I suck your cock. I like Jim Harbaugh. To be honest, I think that there's very uh, classy. I don't remember a coaching hire that has this much leverage versus the team he just won a national championship for. I don't remember a college coach that has performed in the NFL, a winning NFL coach at both levels. Should have won a Super Bowl. But this, I mean, like the, the contract that Harbaugh could get right now, oh, anywhere. I feel like if Harbaugh went into broadcasting too, he would have a a, a hundred million dollar deal. World's is always so like he could literally do whatever the fuck he wants, and he's gonna have people gobbling at his balls. It's gonna be interesting. I thought that what was interesting when Scott Van Pelt was interviewing him at the end, and he said, "Listen, you know, I'm. A, you said, can I get a little bit of moment to enjoy myself?" He asked him, I, I love the question by Scott, because it was almost like a question of where are you going without a question of where are you going? He goes, how long are you going to enjoy this for? Basically asking, you know, before, you know, how long do you need before you decide what's next? And I thought what was interesting when Jim Harbaugh said, we usually start our spring training on Valentine's Day because we love football. We're going to push it back a month. And I think that was interesting because if he wasn't coming back to Michigan, I don't think he ever says anything about spring ball. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that he gave that little tidbit of we're starting a month later, if there was another coaching hire there, you want that in as soon as possible. So I think from the sound of that, the way he answered that question, because he is very, very, very careful about what he says. He never gives any details out. The fact that he said we're going to start spring ball a month later uh, seems like it's coming back. I think that that I think that was a slam dunk. Yes. Well, without I mean, saying yes. I mean, the boosters. Could, I mean, 
Listen, I don't know actually how you could pay a coach under the table or get endorsed, but they're going to offer him the King's Ransom. It's not the King's Ransom. He's going to get the amount no, of saying, money I he's going to get. I don't see why he would leave is no, my no, no. point. The reason why I wouldn't leave is because now you have you have it's very rare in college sports to ever reach a level where you're untouchable. You have to be a Nick Saban. You have to be like a Kirby Smart where you're going for the three P you win back to back national champion. He won the biggest college football national championship. Next year we're gonna have more teams. We're gonna have the twelve team playoff. He won the last holy grail of the four team. He won arguably the four team where it wasn't just he didn't beat a fucking he didn't have a cake schedule where he beat Florida State trounced them where they should have never been there with the backup quarterback. This was the first year where the college football playoff said, suck my whole fucking dick. We're not giving the teams that deserve to be there because they won their schedule. We're putting the best four teams on paper. And they did. The best four teams that are available, the best four team teams that are healthy. So he won the last college football playoff that arguably mattered in this format. So it was Ohio State. It was Maryland down the st- Ohio State, Maryland, Alabama, and Washington for no, the no, championship. No. And the, the, their schedule, you go back and look, it it really wasn't impressive. No. Okay. I, but the last four games people were. are going to remember the fact that they went 15-0. and They beat what was in front of them. And arguably, they they proved that they were just better. But he, So what I'm saying is he is at a level. If you stay at Michigan as the coach, he is untouchable for the rest of his career. Which means he could coach for the next 20 fucking years. At and at gazillions, he will never get year. fired. No. Okay. So he recruitment comes easy now because now you're in the national championship. You don't really, you know, college coaches. Some people don't like it because you have to work every year, especially with the NIL. You have to fucking grind these recruits. It's a fucking, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's not the NFL where your roster is just set and you get to basically go into training camp and everything's placed for you. You do have to work, but I feel like where he's at, he's at a level where People are coming to him. So I, I don't know. If you're asking me, I think that answer was he's coming back to Michigan. I, I if agree. I had to, if I had to bet on it right now, I think it's a, I think it's a 99% chance. I agree. Because he does not give answers away. Because there's no, listen, he could win. He could win a national championship next year. Uh, he's never winning the Super Bowl next year. I don't give a fuck where he goes. Well, if he goes to the Chargers, like, I, that's what I'm saying. Not you are not winning the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. Like he might not, he might never sniff a college championship ever again. You it's not so? guaranteed that he's going to get. Right, so wait, wait, 12 team, uh, 12 team format next year. The top four get a buy. I don't know. I don't know exactly how they're going to do it. And I don't so, know when it's going to be placed. So, so it's going it to move would, up. It would, go tw- it would go 12, six, three. So in other words, he has to get a buy. Uh, it, does this year to, to make the national championship, he had to win two games. So next year he's going to have to win three. I think, unless he gets a buy. I think what it's going to happen is I'm trying to think. Let's see, twelve. The top four get a buy. Four and then eight goes to four and then it will be two more games. Correct. Yeah. So so he still has he has to play two or three. So it'll be eight to four, four to two. So you get an extra game. It's harder next year. It's going to be harder going forward. Yeah, uh, there's more teams. Right, but I'm saying that, so, I mean, it's going to be harder going forward. A lot more money for college football. All right, congratulations, Michigan. Congratulations, Barstool, Dave Portnoy, blah, blah. It's over. Congrats, Dave. Well done. Let's put a fucking ball on it. This is, listen, 
arguably, I mean, Dave has, he might have peaked in January, you know, like the first 10 days of January. Yeah, he wins a million. Can't get no better. Business insiders getting blasted. He's loving it. The fucking Harvard president gets axed. Michigan wins a national championship after you win the, like even no matter what Dave says, obviously, you know, national championship, he gets bragging rights for the rest of the six months. I don't know if he would, he obviously would take the bragging rights over the money, over the million. Yeah. He doesn't need, but to do both. I mean, and you know, five months prior to buy his company back for a, a million bucks that they they estimated the company now worth three hundred million dollars. No, no, the it's dude's surreal. The dude literally. If he won I was, the lottery like three times. If I was Dave, I would probably wake up, pinch myself to make sure I'm still alive. Still alive, and it's not a dream. And I'm crossing the street, and I'm looking both ways, probably six times. You know what I'm saying? You, I mean, you might look once or twice. He's you got to be careful about where you're going. And his key replacement on our Barstool Sports Advisors Jersey Jerry trended the number one trending human on social media in the world, in the world. It was estimated close to 400 million views, 400 million views. It was an estimate of $3.65 million for Jersey Jerry to live stream for 36 hours. The biggest in the world kissed his ass and the money that came into Barstool was incredible. People couldn't give enough money on the stream to Jersey Jerry. People were invested in it like their lives were on the line. So I think it was the perfect storm of, of him getting kicked off the show. Correct. The Steelers struggling. Then the, the stream, Steelers, the stream, his his chat really going against him when he won the twenty thousand dollars betting on the Steelers. I don't know why, but half of the streams said, "Show you a ticket, you're a fraud. We hate you. Fuck you." I, I've never seen so much hatred in the chat. He said, nah, you know, people people love to hate. The internet's it's filled unbelievable." With hate. And then the chat right after he won that, when he had on, he had Brandon on, and the other kid. What's the kid's name from? Um, Ohio State. Mark Titus. Mark was on. They they were like, they didn't like that stream. So he was getting a lot of shit in the chat. So Jersey turned it around, gets suspended, turns it around. And now literally he's the biggest superstar at Barstool ever. But I'm saying. Ever. Bigger than Dave Portnoy. Portnoy has more money. But there has never been anyone in the history of Barstool Sports that has done what Jersey Jerry's done. Mainstream, worldwide, epic Tom Brady kissing his ass, Brooks Kepka kissing his ass, TJ Watt wearing his merch, Kittles wearing his merch. Kittle. I'm, Kittle. Oh, you Kittle. Add the S I always add the S. Yeah. I always add the S. No, no, no. It's, it, like an, it's I mean, it was you, unbelievable. Un, you couldn't have paid. If someone gave Dave Portnoy 10 million bucks and said, advertise Jersey Jerry, it would be one tenth of what happened. So, you know, congratulations. No, no, it wasn't the fact that he did it. It was the fact that he, he set the bar at like, he thought it would be like a, a quick three hour stream. It turned into this overnight. But I think that the, like hitting it when he did... In the, like the early morning after the 30, what was it? 36 hours. Yes. But like, that's the perfect number. 
Like if you could have scripted a, a, like a 36 hour window. Right. Three in the morning, just, it wouldn't have been that big. Correct. No, no. It, 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 people were so invested at like the peak. If he went on for like three days, it would have been awesome when he did it. But like the, the worldwide like attention span of like the buildup, the perfect buildup is the 36 hour window. Because if people start hearing about it, hour 12, hour 24, it's over a day. People are like peak invested. And then he hit it at like the almost perfect moment. Unbelievable. People are waking up, they're checking, and then he hits it, and then he's trending for the next, you know, twenty four hours worldwide. I mean, Correct. it's just like the perfect storm. Perfect like if you storm. if you had to if you had to script that scenario, that would be the exact time window that you would do it in. It was amazing. Amazing. So great job. Shout out, Jerry. Shout out, Jersey Jerry. Looking forward to you being back on Barstool Sports Advisors this upcoming week for the last two weeks of the season. We go wild card, we go division, and then we put it to fucking bed. That's the season of uh, 2023 of Barstool Sports Advisors. Shout out to Megan. Megan making money. She did a phenomenal job filling in for Jersey Jerry. She Her picks were on point. I don't think she overall won but she carried herself well. She handled me very well. She handled Big Cat well. And the moment was not too big for her. She could fill in any time, any day, and she's great. She's great with her knowledge. She's great with her persona. She knows how to play the game, and she's dropped that fucking gorgeous. So when you had bouncing from Megan to Ashley to me, it looked fucking great. Arguably three of the most beautiful people in the world, Megan, Ashley, and Stu. You can't go wrong with that. So that was phenomenal. Now, uh, let's talk about my weekend where four in the morning, took an Uber, got to the Conrad Hotel, and was there at five o'clock waiting for J.J. Watt. Tank and Jake's. Um, very classy with me. They owe a lot of their success to me. They say it, not me. They say it, not me. So the, I'm included in everything they do forever. And they have this new prediction and performance level and walking with Tank. He did his 100th walk. Where now we're going after a series once a month. We're going to get a superstar to walk with us. And the first one was J.J. Watt. We met him at his hotel. We walked for 45 minutes. Excuse me. And we talked. We hugged it out. J.J. Watt, first of all. Looks like God. So kind, so inclusive. First thing he said to me, he hugged me, shook my hand and says, I want to hear more Steve Mahalik stories because we love the Steve Mahalik clip and the whole Steve Mahalik story, which was fucking amazing. Put me at at ease. And I tried to put myself in the background because it's not my gig, it's Tank's gig. And Tank, you know, lets me run freestyle. And so does Jenks. They don't give a fuck. But I sat in the back. I let Frank and JJ interact. And then I, you know, I cut in when I needed to. So I was the third wheel, but that's really how we're going to play the whole series. Um, the next one we have is uh, J- Jerry Ferrara from Entourage. Are you allowed to say Yes, that? I'm allowed to say it. Yes, yes. It's yes. already released? No, no, no. But it's in the future where it's not a secret. It, he, he's been talking about it already. And oddly enough, we know Jerry Ferrara because my son Ryan's best friend is Dennis Donovan. And crazy, Dennis Donovan, uh, who's one of the top doctors in Florida right now, graduated same year from Binghamton, my son Ryan, is cousins with Jerry Ferrara. 
And then the third guest that we're going to have that just said yes to me yesterday. I think his cousin's best friends with Jerry Ford. No, I think it, no. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. So it could be cousin, you know. Cousin does distance. sound better. Cousin. I, I, so Dennis's cousin distance. is Turtle. I think, I, got it, it. I think Turtle's his cousin though. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, we're going to find that out. And then the next one who uh, I reached out to is my best friend, my buddy, Craig Carton. And Craig's going to come on the walk with us and speak about what gambling can do to you. So it's not going to be Craig being funny and just, it's going to be a serious fucking walk and he's going to tell it like it is and he's going to tell a story similar to how he's still on WFAN Saturday at 9 a.m. where he does a two-hour segment hello I am Craig and he talks about the pitfalls of gambling his experience with gambling his experience of how he almost ruined his life and his triumphant return being sober five years from gambling I think a lot of people saw the 30 for 30 or whatever the HBO show was on Craig Carton very informative Told it all, eye-opening, shocking, almost movie Hollywood style that could happen one day. And then Craig's uh, triumphant return to having his show on Fox Sports 7 and 9.30 with Willie Colon, with Greg Jennings, uh, with David Jacoby, and now he's a monster hit. He left WFAN, put the, let's see, he came on at 2 o'clock, so it was the 2 to 6.30 on WFAN with Evan Roberts. He made that number one. After creating the morning show with Boomer Esiason, number one, and now he has the number one hit on Fox. So he's going to be one of our third walkers. And then now we're going to have superstars coveting us because the I think the J.J. Watt is going to be released today or tomorrow, the whole 45 minutes. So you got to watch it. It's fucking phenomenal. It's absolutely incredible. The first one, I think, is... Uh, Sponsored by Body Armor, who fucking loves us, and why not? And uh, there's so many opportunities now for Frank, for me, for Jenks, for everybody. So I loved hanging out with J.J. Watt. It was one of the funnest things I've ever had in my life. And then... Um, and you're, you're, you're a small human, but he made you and Tank, I mean... He's he twice looks, our size. He looks like a fucking giant. Twice our size. It's insane how, how tall he is. I'm, I'm up to his waist. I'm literally up to the guy's waist. If you want. It's really unfair to be that tall, that good looking. It's almost, you're almost jealous. I am but jealous. Then you're, then you're also just like, he's so fucking nice. Then I'm in awe. Correct. He sets you at ease because if he was, he could be arrogant. It's very, I mean, it's very oh, easy to be that. JJ, you're that athletic. You're that tall. You're that good looking. You have it all. He has all of the reasons that he knows he's better than every other human, but he's down to earth. Like he's the most people's people. I, I don't I ever, don't, I don't understand how you could be, have it all, but also be that, you know, that, that much of a good dude. It's very hard to have it all and it's be that much of a good person. Probably last 10 years, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patty Mahomes, JJ Watt. I mean, that's it. I mean, he's in the top four of the, of the last two decades, uh, number one NFL player overall. Persona, love, soup to nuts. He's amazing. Legend. Legend. And he did so much work with Katrina, right? He, yeah, he Katrina raised... was New Orleans. It was uh, Harvey, I think. Was it Hurricane Harvey? Oh, one of the hurricanes he raised it was the one in bucks. I think it was Harvey. Right. It was like 25 yeah, million no, bucks it, in like five seconds. Incredible. Then we went to Borelli's for the championship. And we walked, uh, me and Tank again. I, I think that was my third walk with them. And that was phenomenal. Uh, we went to the Fifth Lake. 
and on Sunrise Highway, Massapequa, and we walked 1.6 miles one way, 1.6 miles the other way. Now, the J.J. Watt walk that day, we walked 10 fucking miles, because after we walked with J.J. for an hour, we walked through Central Park in the snow, in the sleet, in the rain for another three hours. It was like almost 20,000 steps. It was surreal. And I said this, when we first met Tank, like when we first went to the Met Games with Tank, even when he was at his peak of weight, his athleticism is pain tolerant. Frank is built different. Now, he's not built different because of how much weight he has, but like the fact that he could walk the distance that he walks, it's just incredible. I mean, the the man just, I don't know if he doesn't feel pain, but like, even Stu, where like Stu could, you know, do these 14 mile walks. And when he trained for the marathon, he would still walk. He comes home, he's sore. Like Tank could do a walk and he might not be, you know, setting records with speed, but he is literally the definition of the tortoise in the hare. I mean, the man is the energizer bunny, does not stop moving. And he could just continue because he could just keep walking. I mean, it's almost like mind over matter. He just keeps going. So it's always incredible to see him walk the distances he walks and walk as much and as long as he does. Because for normal people, it's very, very hard to keep up what he does. So glad to see him losing weight. Glad to see him stick to the walks. And uh, Jenks obviously has a lot of a lot of credit to that, to this series and uh, basically getting Frank's health in, in check. And uh, obviously, we, we look forward to it. So, 100th walk, uh, not the first, not the last. And uh, hopefully, we just keep going. So, it's nice to see. And obviously, meeting J.J. Watt, obviously, that was incredible. So, a lot of fun. So, it's amazing how long he could walk and just nothing affects him. And then the craziest thing is this. He does not wear socks. Yeah, that, wears, I mean, that's that's He insane. wears Skechers 12 triple wide. Whatever that is. Triple wide. Now, don't you get... You're walking in snow and stuff. So, like, are they waterproof? I don't know the answer to that. His his pants get absolutely soaked. And his feet get soaked. You ever you ever walk in, like... I'm not talking about exercise. I'm talking about, like, if you if you get, like, wet shoes... I'm freezing. It's not only freezing. You're getting blisters. It's, it's terrible. He's, he said his feet are callous. I mean, he might literally just have... The, the feet might just be a Inhuman. super, like, armadillo status. I have no idea how, I don't know what he does. I don't know how he does what he does. And if you saw at Borelli's, oh, where me and Tank and Jake's went, and Tank defeated uh, Rico Bosco in a trivia where Rico Bosco was answering questions on Saved by the Bell, and he was good. He was not bad. He was good. But Tank's were the Mets. I mean, yeah. you you can't go against Tank There's on not any, a, but yeah. against the Mets. Are you fucking kidding me? So Tank won. But then Rico ate 50 clams. I saw him big clams. pounding out big clams. And they were big clams. So I would say you're almost, they were almost equivalent to eating 100 clams. Yeah, they weren't those skimpy no, baked. they the weren't small, neck, small yeah, ones. Yeah. They weren't little necks. They weren't small. They were fucking big. Let me tell you something. And he ate them like his life was on the line. You do not want to. Go against Rico eating anything. I mean, listen, I can eat people under the table. You've seen me eat. You want me on your side in an eating contest? 
I don't know if I could beat Rico. I really don't. I mean, maybe because I'm 62 and I can't extend. He fucking ate 50 fucking clams, big ones, equivalent to 100. Baked clams are tough with me because if I get one of those baked clams with the sand in it, you know when you get that piece of sand? Sure. Because it's almost impossible to clean out the clam. Sure. It kills it for me. After that piece of sand, I don't know if it's it's a texture thing between my teeth. I'm fucking turned off. Like I'm done. Like it's it's almost like I want to spit out the clam in my mouth, but I swallow it because I'm a fucking I'm a man. I'm I'm, I'm built different. Okay, right? fair enough. But I don't go back for more. That's it. Okay, it's like a chewy piece of chicken. Like after you eat it, like it's it, it kills the meal for me. So doing fifty clams. I mean, he he might have got a piece of sand on 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 clam four. He's not. He didn't stop. No, it was unbelievable. He kept going. He could have ate, like, if you pushed him against the wall, he could have ate another dozen or two. He might have thrown up, but he could have. All right, let's go directly to my health, which has been phenomenal. Now, my numbers, I take my blood January 11th. Wait, wait, wait. Your health has been phenomenal? What do you mean? My, my I weighed in at 189.6. I walked with Tank 12 miles okay, okay. in the last two days. This is like the most exercise. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. I okay. went into the gym and worked out with Jenks. First of all, Jenks knocking out that kid was not a fluke. Jenks, pound for pound, is probably as strong as Conor McGregor. The guy has no body fat. He does 25 pull-ups like a fucking psycho. I worked out with him. I was able to do 10% of his workout. He is fucking crazy. He is When's driven. He is a total fucking underrated. Never underestimate him. He could kill you. Pound for pound. He weighs 150 pounds. He can knock out 200 pound people. I saw what he did. I watched what he did. He's able to run four miles super, super quick. He can bench 315, weighing 150 fucking pounds. I showed him the Steve Mahalik workout, which he liked, but his workout's crazy. I mean, if I lived with him or lived next to him, I could literally lose 30 pounds very quickly and I could be a dangerous person and I might be able to, at 63 wait, years wait, old, wait, I'll wait, be January wait, 31st, wait, 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 wait. go into the UFC wait, 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 and wait, fight wait. Dustin Poirier. Let's, let's, let's cut the fight. You act like you don't have a fucking gym in the basement. No, but I what don't is have, living next to Jenks have to do with the gym he, in the basement? Because he's he's working out like a psycho for an hour and a half on weights every fucking day. What does that have to do with you? Well, I I'm not motivated like that. Osmosis? No, I'm just not motivated like that. So if Jenks was next to you, it, Jenks does almost a Steve Mahalik workout, but alone he's not having someone. He yells at himself. You Shouldn't got, that give you the motivation to just start he, doing it yourself? Yes, and I am. And I'm, I'm going to be a fucking force. I mean, look, let me tell you something <laughs> right now. You're going to be a force? In May, like when people see I'm going to be doing thong commercials. I'm doing underwear yeah. commercials. Muggsy Jeans is going to hire me full-time because that's how good I look. Listen. Do you know went, where you will do the underwear commercials? Where? If you do lose the weight. Where? It'll be one of those like skin removal commercials. You think like so? Like they'll show the before. Before and after? Correct. Well, let me tell you something right now. I wore a Muggsy Jeans outfit last night, a pair of pants, and a shirt. I'll tell you right now. First of all, Borelli's in Long Beach. The only thing I'm going to say, which is extremely negative and very negative and devastating to me, there were way too many hot fucking girls there. And I had to say, no, thank you. No, I'm so impressed. No, so many fucking times that I felt like a fucking loser. What an advertisement. No, no. 
there was way too many women and they loved me. They're like, Stu, I love you. You look great. Why I've never seen you look this good. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there dying a hundred deaths. I'm like, thank you, but no, thank you. No, 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 no. I, uh, I, you know who's going to know? I'm going to know. These are the shit I had to come up with. Uh, I don't have a prenuptial. Uh, I didn't bring a Viagra pill. Um, I don't have my blue chew. You know, like, I, was, I, I didn't know what to say. And, like, again, what I consider a 10, because I'm, my eyes are 62 years old, most people can sit, like, my, my rating of a 10 is probably in your rating, you know, young, you know, between, if you're in between 20 and 35, is a 6. So, my 10, I'm looking at these girls like they're 10s, Really, they're sixes. You're but I'm walking. 62. I haven't got foreign, foreign fucking pussy in 40 fucking years. Are so you kidding me? You're walking around like fucking Jack Black and fucking, uh, what's that movie? Shallow Hal. Exactly. Wow. Every girl I look at was amazing and they wanted my dick. At least I thought so. Now, maybe they were very aggressive toward me because they knew they were just teasing with me. They were flirting with me. But since I'm so clueless, I didn't realize that they weren't offering me their vagina. They were just offering me the dream when I went home and fucked my wife or when I went home and rubbed one out that they can remember, uh, I should remember their face. Be that as it may. Thank you, Muggsy Jeans. That was my point. Let's go directly into this, Alex, right now. First of all, uh, we've been watching NBA basketball, and obviously you've watched it for the last, let's say, 15 years religiously, every game, every night, and we grind. And I'm in and out with it. I love the NBA. I'm a big Knicks fan. I think Jalen Brunson's the number one player in the NBA. I think the Knicks are going to win the championship this year. I think they're going to get an A-plus-plus player somewhere, somehow. But, but, and it has to be said, you do not want to play the Los Angeles Clippers. You absolutely don't want to play with them because offensively, they might have the best team in the NBA. Defensively, they're playing great. And James Harden right now is on a motherfucking mission to show he's a good guy. He's a team player. He has not lost a step. It was all these other teams that fucked him. And he is recreating his image to be Michael Jordan. Nobody distributes the ball better. His handle is as good as anyone ever and still can hit the three like it's butter, only net. So when he's distributing the ball to Kawhi Leonard, which right now, if I have one shot on the line and my life's on the line, my wife's clitoris, I'm making Kawhi Leonard shoot the ball. He does not miss. He does not miss. And Paul George is averaging, Alex, you said 26. I don't even know where he is. He is the most, he's the most like, uh, he's a shadow scoring 26. You don't even know his points because Kawhi dominates so much and James Harden dominates so much. That is a dangerous team. They're going to make a lot of noise. A couple of quick minutes, Alex, overall on the NBA. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I said, especially when they got the trade, that it was a huge pickup. I mean, you could go back and listen to it. And then I said after they lost that five-game streak that they're going to get it together and they're going to be a top-tier team in the West. And I don't know what people – like I, I, the narrative of James Harden, you could hate him for what he's done as a player, the situations that he's forced himself out of. When he left Houston, though, I don't really get the hate because – he, you know what I'm saying? Like he sat in that Houston tenure and it wasn't like – 
he didn't put everything on line. I mean, the man won an MVP. There really was no help around him. He had some of the best, like that that MVP season he had, and he should have won another one when Russ won. I mean, those seasons are some of the most insane offensive seasons we've ever seen in the NBA. So the 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 guy has never lost a step, and he is getting older. But his the way he facilitates. I mean, the only person in the NBA that facilitates easier plays or better passes for his teammates is Jokic, you know, because Jokic, the court vision of, of Harden and Jokic are very similar. One's a center, one's a point guard. But bottom line is the, the man took the 76ers to the playoffs last year. He single-handedly won a game versus Celtics without Joel Embiid. And yes, he didn't show up in game seven. You know what I'm saying? But Joel Embiid, you know, this season, this is where push comes to shove. Right now, Joel Embiid is dealing with an injury. He he was on a, a career setting, you know, something we've never seen in the NBA. And he does this, okay? But now that he's injured, and now that the 76ers are on a two-game skid, this is where, you know, the 76er fans who, I don't, we don't need James Harden. We're not going to miss him. It's all right. We're playing better. Tyrese Maxey this, Tyrese Maxey that. Joel Embiid's playing at a insane, you know, he's the best player on the planet at the moment. The problem with Joel Embiid, no one's doubting what he does when he performs, okay? When he's healthy, he's elite, okay? But what he does is he puts a, a toll on his body, and for some reason... He's never got it together, okay? He was injured his rookie season or, you know, when, when he first got into the league for those first couple seasons. He's injured last year when the playoffs came. You know, even though he won the MVP, he might have been better off not winning the MVP, being healthy for the the playoffs, and he just never was. And this year he's dealing with the injuries. They're on a two-game skid. Um, we don't know how healthy he's going to be for the rest of the season. The 76ers are going to need another piece. And even with that other piece, if Joel Embiid playoff time is not healthy like he was last year, they're never winning. So it's one of those things where people, you know, they took their shots when James Harden, you know, first got to Clippers. He's fat. He's out of shape. He's uh, he's a shell of himself. I mean, look at this team now. And all you need to do is, <laughs> like, I find it funny because people will shit on James Harden for... Uh, his playing abilities, even though he he's, I mean, look at his numbers, look at his splits, look at the assist numbers he's putting in. He's not overshooting the ball. He's not over dribbling. I mean, he's facilitating. He's being a key piece to where they need to do to win. Just look at Kawhi Leonard's facial expressions when, you know, James Harden, you know, he'll, he'll hit a shot and then James Harden will go celebrate. I I've seen Kawhi smile in the last month more times than I've seen him smile in his NBA career winning championships with the Spurs, winning with the Toronto Raptors. I mean, he's he, he looks more happy in the last month with James Harden than I've ever seen him in his life. I've never seen him play any better. Never. No, no. So you just look at teammates. Like, you look at Russ. They love him. Russ will, Russ will basically say, I'm coming off the bench. He, he was the one that came out and said it because it's for the good of the team. Like, all you need to do to notice whether a player is – uh, beneficial for a team is how his teammates react. Paul George is 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 living on cloud nine. He's hitting wide open threes. No, they love him. Kawhi Leonard's getting love feeds him. in the post, and he's hitting one on one fadeaway jumpers. His three his three point percentage is at an all time high this season. You have Ty Lue, who's a great coach. 
Okay, this team is a it's going to be a force. Unbelievable. Right? And Unbelievable. Kawhi lo- looks as healthy as he's ever looked. Unbelievable. He's playing back to backs. I mean, he never played back to backs in the last couple of years. So I would say that the Clippers are right now a top three team in the West. Okay, so give me just quickly here because because I have to get to the airport because I'm going to be fucked here because it is stupid snow and wind and rain. Top five teams in the East, top five teams in the West, and right now you're early, early NBA champion. Still the Nuggets, still Nuggets in the West, Celtics in the East. I would say my top five in the West are Denver at one. I would go Clippers at two. I would go OKC at three. I would go... Minnesota. You see, the thing about Minnesota is as good as they're playing and as good as Anthony Edwards is and the fact that it's looking like it's working out, I still watched Gobert versus the the Dallas Mavericks get a ball in the post. It was a one-possession game, and he threw the ball into the backcourt, and Luka Doncic called him an asshole and an idiot to his face. Like, they don't like each other, but Gobert is going to... He's going to be targeted in pick and rolls. He's going to be targeted in the post with the ball late. I just don't trust him. Okay. Late game scenario. Okay, so, so I can't. Putting I would put Timberwolves at, at five. Okay. And the four seed, I would go to the Kings. Okay. Fair enough. East. Uh, I mean, it's Celtics 1A, Bucks 1B, and the Bucks have, you know, they've been struggling lately, but I think they'll get it together. Uh Three, I would go 76ers if they pick up a piece. If they don't, I would drop them to five. Um, I would put the Magic at three, four. And, I mean, I I, I think go I don't New really York, think Go this. New York, go. Go um, New York, go New York, go. Come on. They're going to pick up a piece. They're getting Donovan Mitchell. Come on. Let's go. Get on the Knicks bandwagon. I'm going Raptors. Okay, Raptors. Fair enough. I like I, I like, like the Raptors. Quigley and, and to be honest, very if, good. if Siakam does get traded, obviously changes things. But right now, at this this point, I just can't. Listen, I'm not talking bad about the Knicks, but I'm not going to suck their dick. Okay, so and the, and the NBA champion is going to be? Oh, Nuggets already. Okay, college. Let's go college basketball. Quick, Purdue. O, quick, Purdue. O, quick overview. Uh, yeah. The overview is we still have Zach Eady. In the post. Shout we out, have, Zach. We have... They didn't cover against Illinois, though. Down the stretch. They no, 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 cover. no. They, they blew them out in the first half, and they took their foot off the gas. Okay, it wasn't. Enough. It wasn't like they, it, it, it ever got dicey. No. It was just the fact that... But you they know, didn't cover. Yeah, they... I mean... Good teams win, great teams cover. If Purdue's going to win the championship, I think they have to cover almost every game. No, they don't. Okay. They, they just have to win. Bottom line is this. We yeah. have Zach Eady. What people need to do... Because listen, I've been sucking this guy's dick for two years on this pod, and if you don't watch college basketball until March, you're doing yourself a disfavor. Okay, uh, you disservice. Have disservice. You basically have to watch Zach Eady because he's going to be the first player to win back-to-back Player of the Years, and it won't happen again. Because if you're a Player of the Year, you're usually going to the NBA. He could have went to the NBA, and right now he is projected as a lottery pick. So I think coming back was the right decision for his. Uh, the fact that he's a lottery pick for me, I mean, listen, I love the guy. I don't know if he could do it in the NBA. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. I want to say Zach Eady's gonna be an all-time center in the NBA, but he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the perimeter game. He is going to get chewed up by a stretch big in the NBA. 
like a guy like Joel Embiid that could just bang threes or Carl Anthony Towns that could just bang threes, but also, you know, work the pick and roll and, you know, run the court. I don't know if he lottery pick is crazy. If the if, if Zach Eadie's lottery pick, this draft class, like I said, you gotta draft Bronny James because you're just getting LeBron. So that's my take. Bottom line is this. You have to watch Purdue because you're never going to see this level of dominance for, I would say, the next 20 years. Like, back-to-back years. He's going to be the player of the year again. He's averaging 22-10. I mean, he's fucking incredible. So, there is no answer. My answer, if you're playing Purdue, like, if you're you're like Alex, you're an expert at watching Purdue. How do I beat this? You foul Zach Eady on every play. And force the refs to go, well, we can't call it every single time. So you foul them on every play, and you have to hit every shot. Okay. So that's so, the game plan. So you can't beat them. All right. College basketball is Purdue, Purdue, Purdue. And I'm we sucking their them, dick. We had them to win the national championship. Listen, so if we're ready. Purdue wins the national championship, it's a six-figure payday. Okay. Good, good. All right. Before we get to questions right now, get over to BeLikeStu.com. Get a shout-out. Buy my merch. I have the number one merch in the world. I have the cum towels. I have shout outs. I'm the best in the world at it. I do 3000 a year. And buy my picks for the NFL playoffs. For the last 44 years, I've been the best in the world at the NFL playoffs. Uh, we have a 100-dimer upcoming this week, a 50-dimer, 25-dimer, a wild-card wave the rating game of the year. We have a lot. We have a lot. And we have the $55 specials. We have the Barstool special, 3BestBet69, StuFinder.com. All right, Alex, let's go to questions. This is a very anticipated part of the show. People love this. People love it. People love it. All right, we're coming out of the box. Coming out of the box. Stu, you're not a Jersey guy, but if you were to buy a Jersey for an active player, who would you pick? Brunson, um, Lamar, LeBron, those are the three. Jalen Brunson, he's my favorite player. He's the best player in the NBA. He's going to win us a championship. I mean, I... I he, he's going to win us a championship. He's not the best player in the NBA. He's not even the best player on his team right Listen, now. Listen, once we get Donovan Mitchell as much or as, Joel Embiid, as much as I think Julius we're getting Embiid! Listen, Julius Randle... I mean, like, stop. We're getting Embiid! Julius Randle has caught a lot of slander from me. He's playing great. But he's the best player on the team, right? Yes, he's and the it, best. It, there really isn't as you could you could slob knob glizzy glaze. You could be on Brunson's cock. He's not even the best player on his team. Yeah, so but stop, he, he's stop just, the best. In can the I say something to you? He's a dynamic player. He's fabulous to watch. He's, That's fine. He's the That's greatest. Fine. Just, Nick all I'm saying is, since Walt be Frazier. realistic. I, listen, no, I'm in love with him. He's my favorite player. I there's no realistic here. I love him. Knicks are winning the championship. I've been saying it since 73. It's been a long fucking time. I was there in 1999 when the fucking Spurs beat us with David Robinson and Tim Duncan. They closed us out at, at MSG. It was very, very, very sad. I want a championship. Favorite beer or alcoholic drink? Combo? Heineken. Cold Heineken. I could drink like three or four cold Heinekens and I'm drunk and I'm looking to fuck your girl. Possible to get on the Joe Rogan experience and tell your life story. Um, You know something? I've asked Joey Diaz to reach out to Joe Rogan and ask Joe Rogan if he would uh, have me as a guest. And Joey said, you know, you don't just do that. You don't do that, Stu. I can't do that. So I am going to have to infiltrate Joe Rogan's lair and ask him. I would be his biggest guest. I'm looking for that. I would love that. Who is the biggest piece of shit scumbag of all time? Hitler. What age did you create the 151530? 26. 
Who will be the first pick of the NFL draft? Caleb Williams. Craziest random celebrity interaction, Alex or Stu? Oh, 1995. I'm in Vegas. In walks Bono of U2. And I've seen Bono up to this point maybe about a hundred times. I saw him at my father's place in Roslyn. They only had one fucking album. They had Boy. And uh, that was it. He walks into the elevator. And I said, Bono! Bono! I love you! Oh, my God. And he literally ignored me. Well, you said his name wrong. I said his name wrong. I said, Bono, I love you! It, it was like we were in the How many people were in the elevator? It was just me, my cousin Rod, and Bono. And, and Bono. Bono. And, and Bono. Bono. <laughs> and he just ignores me. And I was crushed. And he leaves the elevator. And my cousin, I said to my cousin, I go, what a scumbag. He goes, well, Stu, you called him Bono. His name is Bono. <laughs> that was humiliating. That's bad. No, I, no. That's I'm getting secondhand embarrassment embarrassing for you right now. As it gets. So you actually felt that one? Because usually oh, you don't no, feel no. the embarrassment. When my cousin, because I, I love the guy. I was going to hug him and everything. Bono. He ignored you're me. You're like a U2. He looks straight ahead. How many times have you seen U2 in concert? 200. How'd you, how'd you botch Bono? I choked. Yeah. I choked. Just sometimes it happens. It happens listen, to the best of us. Listen, don't, don't see your, don't see your, uh, you know, what is that called? Don't people, meet your heroes. Don't meet your heroes because yeah. you could choke like I did and yeah. embarrass yourself in an epic level. My cousin's still laughing at, 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 in my face. Tells the story every time we're with people. It's humiliating and I got to own it. I like I like the fact that you owned it. I have to own it. No, I just... It's my worst... Some people would might own be it. my worst moment. Yeah, I like that. I saw Ty Lu this year walking through the casino to, or walking through my hotel. I thought that was cool. Um, let's see. Favorite donut place? Duncan. Favorite Steve Mahalik workout? Well, I mean, the basic workout that we have, that it's, let me see, it's one. Ten, it's, ten it, different reps. Oh, it's ten different reps, and it's a Steve Mahalik workout. So it's a basic it's a full workout. full body workout. Full body. Full dumbbells, body. light dumbbells, high reps. Full body. Like, before I met Steve Mahalik, I used to do chest, shoulders, tries, back buys, upright rows. Steve said, full body, let's do it. I used to work out for between an hour and a half to two hours with weights. Steve said, superset with 25 dumbbells, do 500 reps in 20 minutes, and that's all you need. Worst date you've ever went on before meeting Sandy? Um, every one of them, how about? They would just like, I would get nowhere. I would spend money, and I would get a kiss on the cheek. I don't know what the fuck I did wrong. Maybe because I was just so horny, and I was just looking to fuck the people, and they got that vibe. But... Every date I went on before Sandy was a disaster. Do you believe in New Year's resolutions? Uh, no, they're horseshit. And I broke every one of mine on January 1st, which shows you the bullshit. Uh, which sports book do you use? Uh, I do not. All of them. Um, if you're reading, but I love all of them. If you're reading this now, Michael Penix dropped, uh, dropped dong on bitch you're reading this by now michael Penix dropped dong on bitch ass michigan and dave well yeah listen you scumbag how about go fuck yourself how about one if you wonder why your girl is fucking the mailman is fucking your best friend is fucking everybody that walks is because you're half a man you can't make her come and how about suck 
Harbaugh's cock. As much as I love shit. Michael Penix Jr. and I thought that it would happen, you're I, a loser. It couldn't have. It couldn't have been worse. Could you get with a worse fucking pick, scumbag? There was a couple times where I had the urge. Live. Go buy some merch like, that I had to waste my time answering your question, you piece of garbage. I had the urge to live bet. There was a there was a certain point when they were down 14 and like a little gl- glimmer of hope and they were driving. And even when they scored, I didn't I didn't really have that urge. And then at the end of the third quarter, you saw Michael Penix giving his team the pep talk. You thought he's he's back. He's going to never happen. It was brutal. What Super Bowl result were you most right about or wrong about in your career? I guess most right about was Giants beating Denver, Dallas Cowboys first time uh, humiliating the Buffalo Bills, uh, Dallas Cowboys second time beating the Bills, uh, the Washington Redskins beating the Bills. Um, I guess my all-time, all-time, all-time was first Giants-Broncos, 86, I think it was the 87. It it was the 86 season, but it happened in 87. And then in 1990, when the Giants beat the Bills the first time, uh, where uh, Norwood missed a field goal. What's your wrong one? Um, the wor- uh, I guess, uh, no, I mean, definitively, there's never been anything. I had the Patriots plus 14 and a half against the Chicago Bears, my first Super Bowl, 1985 in New Orleans. I wanted to die. Never been that humiliated. What was humiliated. the score in that one? Uh, I don't know. It was like 21-3 at the half. It was like 45-10 final. That's brutal. It was brutal. It was one of the it was one of the worst I've ever seen in my life. My second worst, or maybe as bad, as bad, was when uh, Russell Wilson, you scumbag, low life fuck, <laughs> Pete Carroll, die right now in your sleep. I would piss on your grave uh, when they didn't hand the ball off four times to Marshawn Lynch. That was that no, was no, no, probably no. when they the didn't worst hand it ever. off one time. Right, that was the worst ever, 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 ever. Nothing what? is as bad as that. What's your favorite album of all time? Wow, you're hitting me with something. Uh, the Who Quadrophenia. The swing set is gone. Does Sandy have plans for the spot yet? Yes, we're building a movie theater. We're going to have an indoor movie theater there. Indoor movie theater. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Chiefs. It's a tough one. I want the Ravens. I think it's 49ers. No question for me. Just want to say congratulations on 50 episodes. Been with you guys since episode one. And the joy and knowledge the show brings me is unmatched. Yo, shout out Jake. You met Jake last night, by the way. Fucking Jake. I fucking love you. You were raised right. God bless you. That's it. Ready to roll. I'm on my way to the fucking airport right now to hold my dick with my plane probably being canceled. And I have to come back and take a flight. Uh... Tomorrow morning, I'm in a really bad spot right now, but I fucking love you. Listen, listen, listen. Comment at will. I love answering these questions. Please like and subscribe. Tell your friends about the podcast. Episode 51 next week. Barstool Sports Advisors jersey. Jerry's back. It's wild card. I won with Michigan and under. I'm the best there is. StuFighter.com for my picks. BeLikeStu.com for merch and shoutouts. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. Very grateful to everyone. Ready to fucking roll.